Good morning. It's going to be hard to um, follow up on that candy. <laughs> but I'm going to try. <laughs> so um, first let me open up in prayer. Father, I just I love um, just the worship this morning. And we truly do invite you in. And we thank you for the opportunity just to speak of you and of your great commission and of your great commandments and just the call upon each and every one of our lives, not just some of us, but all of us. So speak to us this morning, Father. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay. Missionaries. I, you know, and I, I don't feel like a missionary, um, but there's a lot of different definitions of missionary. You know, after Jesus went to heaven, when he ascended into heaven, and he sent his helper, our, our helper, the Holy Spirit, he transferred his mission to us. And we ask, what mission is that? And you can find that in Luke 4, 18 through 22. And I'm going to read that. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. That's pretty amazing. So what does that mean? It's a word to bring the good news to the poor. Not just monetarily, but the poor in spirit. Those who are lacking the truth. Those who are lacking the gospel. Those who are lacking the power of Jesus Christ. He goes on to say, heal the brokenhearted. That means he's going to heal our wounds those internal ones that no one sees, not just the physical outward ones that Jesus took upon himself, but the internal ones that each one of us carry with us. And to proclaim liberty to the captives. Anyone without Jesus is a captive. Anyone. They're a captive to sin. They're a captive to temptation. They're a captive to the enemy, Satan. They're a captive to their regrets because they have a future without any hope. And then the, it, the scripture goes on to say, and the blind will see. That's the spiritually blind because they live in darkness instead of light. Set at liberty those who are oppressed. Well, those who are burdened in their spirit. If we we're brokenhearted, if we are captives, imprisoned in our chains, if we're blind, I know I would feel oppressed. I know you would feel oppressed. So what is our mission? We're to bring and we're to share the gospel, the good news. Mark tells us to go into the world and preach the good news. Matthew tells us to go and make disciples of all nations. But the key word here is go. That means we have to get up and go. Now some of us are going to have to go across the street. Some of us might have to go up the street. Some of us may go out into the community. 
Some of us might have to go across the world. But the key thing is just to go. And some of us even just need to go out of our beds <laughs> and minister right into our homes. So it's not a matter of distance. It's a matter of whether we get up and just go and answer the call. Because that is our mission. That's what he tells us to do. We have the Great Commission and the Greatest Commandment. Matthew 22, 36 through 9 says, Teacher, what is the great commandment in the law? And Jesus said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and great commandment. And the second is, is like it, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. So who is your neighbor? That's the question. And it's a pretty powerful question. It's a pretty interesting question. And that's where we go back to our scripture from this morning in Luke 10, 37. And I'm going to read it again quickly. Um, a lawyer had asked this very question. And who is my neighbor? And Jesus answered and said, A certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell among thieves, who stripped him of his clothing, wounded him, and departed, leaving him half dead. Now by chance, a certain priest came down that road, and when he saw him, he saw him, he passed to the other side. Likewise, a Levite, when he arrived at that place, he came and he looked. So he looked, he saw, and he passed by on the other side. But a certain Samaritan, as he journeyed, came there where he was. And when he saw him, again, he saw him, he had compassion. So he went to him. So who is our neighbor? I'm going to tell you, it's the one that God puts in the middle of your road, whatever road that is. Now, not all neighbors are easy to like. Not all neighbors are easy to get along with. Some are downright difficult. <laughs> not all neighbors look like ourselves. Not all neighbors have the same culture ethnicity, background that we ourselves have. But God doesn't look at that. So who is your neighbor? Just the one that God puts in the middle of your road. We many times are too busy, too preoccupied to see them. And sometimes when we see them, we keep walking. We walk around them. Maybe we don't like the way they look. Maybe we don't like the way they smell. <coughs> Maybe we don't like their views. But that's not what the word says. We're to go and minister to our neighbor. We're to see them and we're to do. Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. noted um, about this story of the Good Samaritan. He said, the first question the priest and the Levite each asked was, if I stopped 
to help this man, what will happen to me? But then the good Samaritan came by and he reversed <laughs> the question. He said, if I do not stop to help this man, what will happen to him? He tells, the, the commands are to love God first and your neighbor. Those are the two greatest commandments. If you walk by, are you loving your neighbor? No. You know, the Good Samaritan offered not only help, practical help, because that's important, but he offered hope. And when we help, when the hope of the gospel is offered, it emphasizes the fact that the gospel is not as much about life after death, but life instead of death. And we have to remember that. You're talking about people who don't know Christ. And are you willing to let anyone go to hell? It's really that simple. It's really that simple. If you have the opportunity, if you see someone in the middle of your road. So now we know who our neighbor is. It's the one in the middle of our road. And it's the first part of the commandment tells us to love them. Many of you have seen, um, well, I'm assuming here, <laughs> many of you have seen the movie Same Kind of Difference, Difference as Me. And it's a story of Denver Moore. Um, it's a homeless man. And it's about his relationship with uh, a woman named Deborah Hall, a good Samaritan, who saw his face. You know, I, I saw the movie, and I read the follow-up book to it. And one part read like this. It says, he was, Denver Moore was at a function, and he, this is a little bit, a little excerpt. The governor was surprised to hear Denver say that he felt government was not the solution to homelessness. Denver shared once more how and after those 25 years on the streets, Miss Debbie had been the first person to see through all of his anger and confusion and show him the love of Christ. And only then, only then, had he begun to change. Mr. Mayor, he said, love is the only solution. Now, the past two years, my husband and I, have, we've gone on a missions trip to Uganda. And I don't know how that came about. I never thought I was going to be doing something like that. But the Lord put it on my heart. And he put it on my husband's heart. So we went. We go. Now, part of their, the outreach time is spent with, um, and you've gone to, there's, uh, they call it the frontline ministry, and it's to, there's 30,000 street boys, 30,000 in the city of Kampala alone. And so a lot of the outreach is to them. And they move my heart. And can I find them homes? No. And on the most recent trip, I looked down out this window, and there's this little boy just laying on the ground. And people are walking over him. 
and around him. And so our group, we, we, we cobbled together just a little bit of food, and they went down and they prayed with him. And he was so taken aback because everybody else, they saw him, but they didn't stop. They didn't stop. And all they had to do is go and give him a little bit of what he needed and a prayer to let him know that Jesus Christ sees him and loves him and wants to give him a little bit of hope. His address didn't change that day. He's probably still out on that street corner. But I pray that he knows that Jesus Christ sees him and loves him. The main ministry that my husband and, and I are involved in at Calvary Chapel South Bay is um, overseeing Feed His Hope. It's a ministry to the homeless. And my job as a director of operations at Doors of Hope Women's Shelter, is a, which is a shelter for homeless women. So you can see where the Lord has led me. My mission field is to the homeless. And so I go. My mission, my ministry, my job is again, mostly about the homeless. And we all know, and we, it's, it's in the papers, it's on the radio, it's on TV. We've heard about and have seen the issue of homelessness. And there are many service providers out there doing good work. And their, how, their model is housing first. And I'm not knocking housing, because housing is a good thing. But I know that four walls will not resolve all their issues. In addition, many groups feed the homeless. And I'm not knocking that either, because our group, in fact, is part of that ministry. We feed them as well. But it became ever so clear to me recently um, at the shelter. We're faith-based. And we have a pastor who comes every Wednesday morning and leads a Bible study for for many at the shelter, the men's side and the women's side. And the pastor, he, he came in and he started speaking and teaching. And he started off with saying, well, you all know the story of, and honestly, I don't know what the story is right now. I don't remember. But later in the day, one of the women on the women's side came up to me and she said, Laura, I don't know that story. I've only read little bits. I've only come to the Lord because she's been here. So it enforced in my heart and my mind that housing and food, they're, while they're very worthy concerns, but the message of the cross is our first priority. Non-Christians often miss the message without the words. We want to do. And so often we need to speak. You see, the old, old story needs to be told. It needs to be told. Now, not everyone is an evangelist, and I, 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 it is not my gift. I am actually astonished and shocked that I am standing up here, <laughs> to be honest with you. Um, this is not my natural gift here. <laughs> but all of us, all of us, can tell someone what Jesus Christ has done in our own life. No, some of us are not going to go out and lead a crusade. Some of us, most of us, 
are not going to get up here every Sunday and preach a message. But all of us can speak to one person, your neighbor, whoever God puts in front of you. And you don't have to quote scripture after scripture. I'm really bad at memorization, I'll be honest with you. But you can share with them what Jesus Christ has done in your life, how he's changed your life. And that speaks volumes to people. It speaks volumes. You know, yesterday I, I went to visit a young woman that I found in a park two years ago. Let me tell you about this woman. And this story is not about me and me going to the park. I just, I went. It's more about her and Jesus Christ. I went to this park one evening with a friend of mine, and we were doing some outreach. And this young woman came up, and you could tell she was drunk with a big attitude. She thought she was all that and sliced white bread, you know? She thought she was it. And so we're, we're speaking to a lot of the, the people down there, and she said, well, you think you can help a pregnant girl? And I was like, well... What, what can I do for her? She goes, well, my friend is pregnant. She's homeless, and she's living in a park. So we, we had probably a 20-minute conversation. I said, well, you know, I, I can't really help her, but I know someone who can. And if she's serious, I can also bring this friend of yours to um, a program because she did share that she was, uh, the girl was two months pregnant and an alcoholic. I said, well, let's, if she wants to keep her baby, let's, let's get her through a program and let me speak to her and so forth and so on. So I said, okay, I'll be, if she, if she really wants help, I will be there at 8.30 in the morning. I will come and pick her up and I will take her after I make some phone calls and stuff. So she said, oh, so you think you can do all that? And I said, well, I can't do it, but I have a big God. I said, so you just tell her to be here at 8.30. And she, she gave me a, a big attitude. And I just looked at her and I said, so I'll see you at 8.30 in the morning. Lo and behold, she was there. Now, was this girl difficult? She went in and out of recovery. We had to do metal, um, alcoholic medical detox on her three times. And, but God didn't give up because God loved her. I love her. And the only thing I can say on my behalf is I didn't give up. And I don't want you to give up. Don't ever give up on people. Don't ever give up on people. So I saw her yesterday because now she has an 18-month-old little boy. She just ran a half a marathon. She is going to graduate from her program in February. She's getting her GED. She is living life. And she has Jesus Christ in her life. So that was the person in the middle of my road on that night. 
And it wasn't about me at all. It was just being available. And sometimes they just need a hug. Sometimes they need a prayer. And sometimes they just need comfort. But just be there. Be there. Show them Jesus Christ. Share the words of Jesus Christ with them. And I want to leave you with this. I'm going to go back to our homeless friend, Denver Moore. This is what he said. Whether we is rich or whether we is poor or something in between, this earth ain't no final resting place. So in a way, we is all homeless. Every last one of us just working our way home. So my question to you is, wouldn't you like to be part of helping someone work their way home? It may be the very one in the middle of your road. Let's pray.